Gotta go to a Boca de Pepos, huh? I am nervous to go. I feel like I've hyped it up in my mind so much now. It's just going to be a disappointment. <laughs> it's just a fucking Olive Garden. Olive Garden, but like weirder, I feel. I don't know. I've never been, so I don't know. Here's a little Buca de Beppo lore for y'all. Ooh, a story. Because Buca de Beppo legitimately means, it means like Beppo's basement. <laughs> and Buca is a fucking nickname for the name Giuseppe. <laughs> that makes no sense. Well, it's like in Spanish how Jesus, a nickname for it is Chewy. It's like, that ah, doesn't make sense either. I don't know how we came up with this and why we agree on this, but I guess. I guess it's like how Richard became Dick. <laughs> That's an absolutely insane. But it's also like Rich, Dick, it, like the is sound is still present, but I it's, don't get it It's weird else. how words change meaning. Yeah. Absolutely insane that there was a time where people would just be like, yeah, my name's Dick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, dog, you mean like mine cock? Yeah, like what are you talking penis? about? Oh, you know. Oh, there it goes. Good old. You know what's even funnier? <laughs> I like how you whispered that. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. The superhero Nova from Marvel. Yeah. His name is Richard Ryder. Dick Ryder. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy's name is Dick Ryder. What are you talking about right now? You could have just called him Richard Richardson. <laughs> Dick Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> There goes number 69 up to bat, Richard the Cock Johnson. Nice. <laughs> Good old Dick, Dick, Dick. Dick, Dick. <laughs> a Dick, Dick is a deer. Oh, what? Yeah. Look really? it up. Yeah, type up Dick, Dick. It's, I think it's D-I-K-D-I-K. It's really cute. It's a Dick, Dick. No, it's Dick, Dick. Let me see it. They're so cute. They're like little pygmy deers. They're like the smallest deers in the world, I think. Let's see what the fuck happens to my... Oh, my goodness. Aren't they cute? <laughs> I told you. Aren't they cute? Aww. They have like weird little noses, but they're adorable. Wow. I think they're the smallest deer on earth. How big is this thing? Very small. It's like oh the size of a God. rabbit. Like a big jack rabbit. I think it's the size of that. It looks like it's saying like, what Excuse are you doing? Me. Hello. Do you have a cup of sugar I could borrow? <laughs> Sorry, don't want to trouble you. Just want to get on through here. Excuse me. They're so small and slender. They just look, <laughs> they're so fragile. Oh my they goodness. They look like they're made out of chopsticks or something. God, what's another really cute animal? Um, A pygmy, just anything pygmy. Oh, what are those tiny little cats that are like the most dangerous cat in the world? And they're just essentially an adorable little cat, but they just kill the hell out of everything. They're the deadliest land predator i believe let me google it their kill rate is like 60 percent, maybe oh, higher this, than says, that. this is the nile crocodile ah! most dangerous land predator jeffrey epstein no <laughs> jesus oh man you ruined it how did, how did i ruin it because you made it about people we're oh, supposed to be talking about animals i know can't pass up a good joke did you find it let say most dangerous cat. The black footed. Oh my God. They're so cute. <laughs> say it. What's it called? It's a black footed cat. Oh, black footed cat. Yeah. It's they just live a in little baby. They live in the sand, right? It's just a little baby. Yeah. Oh my God. They look like the sweetest little boys in the whole Do entire world. Do they look world. like my little boy, Dexy? Because his feet are black too. It's a little spotted. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
This wow, is the adorable. smile on your face right now is very genuine. I know, right? So cute. Welcome back, everyone, to the Show Dependent Podcast. You are currently being invaded by Alien Kayla and Alien Eddie. Say hello, Eddie. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, that's too scary. Well, that's what aliens sound like. I guess in this or, universe they do. Or more so they're like, hello, I'm speaking to you in your mind. Oh no! And I'm just want... looking at you, and you're just like, "Oh God, it happened!" No. Uh, <laughs> anyway, welcome back, guys. If you're still listening and weren't terrified enough to turn this off, uh, this uh... just in. This just in. <laughs> the show dependent podcast has invaded your home and is talking to you live through your listening device. <laughs> if you're wondering what the heck this show is, uh-huh. it is us talking about the things that we love and our codependent tendencies towards those things. Correct. Eddie, I need you to calm down a little bit. No. You're scaring the people. That's fine. They need to be scared. It's spooky season. It's time to get, it's time to shit your ass. All right. Mm -hmm. And this one here today. Yeah, we're going to do that. Honestly, pretty, pretty effective. A pretty scary movie for a movie that I don't think is considered a horror film. Which is interesting because I think it's, Pretty horrific. Do you think it's a horror movie, then? Uh, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on how people define the genre. True. A lot of people sure. wouldn't would not include sci-fi. Yeah, you're in, right. In this, so, so regardless we'll of how you feel about this film, it's time to give you all the title. The year is 2002, and a little film called Signs was released. Mm-hmm. In short, it's a movie about aliens. There you go. Written by M. Night Shyamalan. Whereas everybody else calls him Shyamalama Ding Dong. Yes, the man who uh, has definitely jumped the shark once mm-hmm. or twice or five, ten times in his career. But damn it, he still gets movies made. There you go. Let's take a trip back to 2002. <laughs> and let's start our meet cute. It's a meet cute, baby. It's how we met this thing. No one can stop us from enjoying this meal, so enjoy it! Stop crying! I barely met this film at all until, like, a week ago. Yikes on bikes. It was less of a meeting when I was a a youth and more of a um, trauma. Sure. Because because I wasn't allowed to watch, like, scary movies or anything like that as a youth. Rightfully so, because I was terrified of everything. You were raised a certain way. Uh, Mormon. (laughs) Anyway, I remember my parents were watching this in the living room. And I like went downstairs into the kitchen to like get a glass of water or something. And, you know, I did that little thing where you like, you're like acting like you're not watching, but you're watching. Uh I happened to walk in during the scene in this movie. (laughs) And I think I pooped a little. It was so scary. Oh, yeah. And then I refused to ever watch it again. There you go. And then like 20 years later. Holy crap. It is literally 20 years later. Hey, yo. Jeez. 20 years later, um, finally sat down with Eddie here and watched it. And 
Oh boy, was I pleasantly surprised. The power of time, people. I appreciate it very much. Eddie, what about you? How did you meet signs? I don't know. <laughs> I, he said with no confidence. I know for a fact that I did see this somehow around the time that it came out. Because it came out in 2002. That would be when I was in sixth grade. And I was still in middle a school. child. Oh, for sure. But I was in middle school, you know, 03, 04. So mm-hmm. around that age, I want to say I saw it because this was definitely something that for whatever reason I watched with my family. I don't know. <laughs> and also nothing definitely, like traumatizing each other as a family. Here's something, though, that is very strange. And I I don't know whether it's a legit memory because, mm-hmm. you know, I have a terrible memory of my childhood. Oh, yeah. Or it was a dream that I remember as fact. You know how we can yeah. plant false memories in our own mind. Oh, it's but I, I swear that I saw this film in my middle school. And I, <laughs> and I don't know That's why. That's got to be fake. Hey, hey, hey. I vividly remember like yeah. being. You can being, remember dreams too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that doing in a way? Just being Wah. in the lunchroom. Like in the little corner area that's, you know, like it's a little separate room. Yeah. There was a yeah, TV yeah. in there. And then we would just watch this film. And I remember just being around my buds. And then when the scene showed up, we were all like, hey, yo, just freaking out. I don't know if that really happened or not. I really hope that it did. And I choose to believe that I actually I did see really it. I really struggle hey, to believe that. Don't yuck be my yum right now. All right. I'm don't, yuck don't ruin it. this for me. Hey. <laughs> That's enough of that. Either way, <laughs> this was an absolute moment mm-hmm. in a young Eddie's life. Oh, yeah. Because... I could say in this country's life. Oh, sure. I feel like anyone who was of the age around that time who got to watch this movie and experience it before getting spoiled, mm-hmm. this movie did something. It definitely was an inspiration for a lot of me and my buds. Um interest at the time mm-hmm. into just getting more into some more creepy stuff and just really kicking me off into my love of like the supernatural and just weird shit and all that that i love this day because yeah. i mean as we will get into in a second it stays with you mm-hmm. i'm excited to get more into your trauma this episode because oh, yeah. i feel like this is genuinely unnerving for you i I mean mean, it's stressful for me for sure but for you i feel like there is a much deeper fear of this kind of content so i'm excited to pick your brain this time well we will see what happens (laughs) now that we've told you where we met signs it's time to get to know signs a little bit better and really dive into what makes signs tick and what was m night Shyamalan doing in that brain of his Mm -hmm. Sending words down onto paper. Uh-huh. And somehow, some way, creating, I want to say, one of his best films. Yeah, fair, fair. I haven't seen a lot of them, but I feel like that's fair. A film that he did not ruin. There you go. Dang. Which is, which is rare Dang. for this guy. <laughs> We're already dragging him. Wow. Hey, you okay. know, it is what it is. We'll give him his flowers later, but right, right. now, M. Night, you know what the fuck you did, all right? We're going to dunk on you, you a gotta bit, do, sir. You got to do better. Be better. You gotta all go right. to the beach that makes you old. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Getting to know each other. 
Is it possible that there are no coincidences? Beep, 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 beep. This just in, breaking news. The film Signs from 2002 is a Christian-ass movie. Ugh, why? This film is a Christian-ass movie. You know, as somebody who was burned by Christianity, (laughs) I was very... (laughs) And a lot of people were, huh? Yeah. (laughs) You got him, honey. (laughs) Damn. Anyway, not literally burned, thank goodness. But a lot of people were. They were. Anyway... How oh, are we gonna get people through burning this? in hell? Jesus Christ. Anyway, pun intended. Hey, <laughs> stop. We gotta stop. Right. We gotta move on. Keep going. The people are leaving. No, 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 no. The doors are locked. As soon as I saw <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm gonna burn them in the temple. Anyway, as soon as I saw the, the crucifix on the wall, I was yeah, like, yeah. God damn it. I was just because I don't know about you people, eh, eh. As soon as I see that, I'm like, mm, I don't know about this. I don't know if I can get behind this I guy. don't know. I don't know. He probably wouldn't like some of the same things that I like. Yeah, honestly. And then I found out, oh, he is a an ex-reverend, Mr. Yeah. Mel Gibson, sir. Yeah, start off with a little Mel Gibby. Yeah, I had no idea he was in this movie. He's I only out. knew Joaquin Phoenix. That's pretty wild that you didn't remember Mel Gibson is in this. This is definitely one of his premier well, films. Okay, the reason why is yeah. because the only glimpse of it I saw as a kid is oh, when Joaquin Phoenix is watching yeah. the scene. Uh-huh. So, you know, and I obviously didn't stick around to find out how that ended because <laughs> I was too busy pissing my pants <laughs> upstairs. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Very Mel Gibson. Mel Gibby, before uh, he got super anti-Semitic and let all that slip, and you know, oh, and I'm sure he was a, always anti-Semitic. That was on his repair tour, all that stuff. But oh god, not only is this film Christian, mm-hmm. but uh, the the Christian themes are very heavy, yes. and religion as a whole is extremely important to this film. Mm-hmm. Totally forgot myself, and this is coming from someone who, as I said five minutes ago. This movie was impactful in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I somehow forgot that whole religious thing. But as soon as I saw, as you said, the crucifix on there, I was like, oh, shit. I, I forgot. Oh, yeah. I just had a brain blast that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, pretty wild. Yeah. We start off with just some kids in a damn field. Yeah. Just his screaming. son. Yeah. His son named Morgan. Mm-hmm. It was played by one of the Colkins. I just thought that was interesting. Oh. Yeah, you know, I could see it. What a fucking weirdo. He looks at crop circles because within five minutes of this film starting, we see crop circles. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan was wasting no time. Now he said, plot, go. Uh-huh. And Morgan looks at the crop circles. And he's like, I think God did it. Boy, I if you don't think shut God your... made the circles in the grass. Stupid because, ass up. Because God... God likes to waste his time with that. I mean, he is right. You know. About wasting time. Mm-hmm. But not in this way. No. No. And then the the last little bits of setup I just want to throw out right here is that, yes, he has a son. He has a daughter. There ain't no wife there. But mm-hmm. there is a wild-ass, bum-ass joker living hey. with him in the house. Hey. Walking he hasn't been Phoenix. joker yet. <laughs> Walking Phoenix is on the process of becoming the joker. 
There you go. He's jaded by society. He's an outcast, and some people look down on him. Oh. But we got a strong, mysterious start, and this movie just it fucking goes. Yeah, they honestly put like if it was a car, yeah. turned on the engine. Zero to 60. Absolutely. We're just going straight into the weeds. <laughs> right. Just <laughs> much like the crop circle, uh-huh. getting mowed down. Oh, absolutely. Related to the crop circles. Yeah. Mel Gibby. What is his name in this movie anyway? I have no idea. Father I something. Write it down. <laughs> I'm going to call him Reverend. Yeah. Gibson. There you go. There it is. He to be honest, immediately his name doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. None of their names matter, to be honest. No. But uh Mel Gibbies, he immediately is like, oh, crop circles, gotta be Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington brothers. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, amazing fucking criminal organization. Oh name. my god. It sounds like a band. Yeah, that too. Right? It's like bluegrass. Ooh. Absolutely. No, it's corn. Ah. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good job. Absolutely knocked that one out of the park. We're killing it today. So not only does he think, oh, these kids are probably doing this. Let me call and be like, hey, yo, you know. But as we will see in a second, when uh, some real alien shit starts going down, and it's pretty wild what these aliens can do, Mel Gibby and the Joker still think like, oh, maybe it's Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington brothers. And I'm like, dog. What the fuck did these kids do to have such an insane reputation? (laughs) Yeah, that they think it's possible that they'd be like jumping on roofs and just causing the most insane kind of chaos in the Mm -hmm. town. Like these kids must have murdered at least a couple five year olds. You know what I'm saying? Whoa. I mean, I was thinking like maybe shooting some animals, but like, goddamn, oh, okay, killing know. kids. I'm thinking Yikes. these kids, they're, they're big trouble. You know, they're the old school bullies that will, yeah, they, they cut kill a body. your family and oh, yeah. in their sleep. Uh huh. Okay. At the very least, they stabbed like a cow to death. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Just for mutilation. a little bit of fun. Yeah. No, that's for the aliens, honey. The cow mutilation is for the aliens. I mean, you're right. I am right. <laughs> I am right. I am right, damn it. Well, you alluded to it, Kayla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about the loss of faith and the yes. return? Because this is very important. This yeah. is like the whole long running thread mm-hmm. and the end of the movie. We're just going to tell you right now, because if you want to go watch it, go watch the fucking movie. It's amazing. It's pretty good. We ain't got time to walk you through it. No, we got to get to the meat. Get in the nitty gritty. Because we got a dead mom, y'all. <laughs> Yay, dead mom. <laughs> <laughs> just Disney Put in sounds. the Disney sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> That's we right. make the same joke. Ah. Because we share a brain, a single there brain. You, you are you are one half and I am the other half. There you go. Fantastic. Um, we got a dead mom, people. And not only like a dead mom, but like a a brutally annihilated mother. Oh yeah. Really intense. Oh, she got got. She got got. Because what happens to this woman is so bad that it has to completely shatter a man's faith mm-hmm. <laughs> in God. And he, completely... who, and he was a guy that was preaching and proselytizing right. to whole groups of people uh-huh. about like the strength and sanctity of God. Exactly. He's, he was God's guy. Uh-huh. He had like God's number one fan on his on, shirt, on his Jersey. Yeah. The cross on the front. So you gotta be wondering what could have happened that was so bad. That made this guy just completely turn his back on God. It's 
pretty bad, to be honest. Yeah, well, hit us with it. So a local, he's a vet, right? The guy was yeah, a vet. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who is also M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. I think his character's name is Ray. Anyway, he was out like driving. It's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of inferred that he's just driving. No, he was driving. He was just driving. He wasn't drunk or anything. Nope. Oh, okay. He, in Mm. fact, says he just fell asleep. Okay. Well, he fell asleep at the wheel. Mel Gibson's wife was there at the wrong time. And uh, this dude ran a woman into a tree. Yeah. Essentially, severing her in half yep. but not enough so to kill her no yeah absolutely wild cut this woman in half but the truck was so strong it was holding up her intestines and all her shit uh-huh. pretty much mel gibby he shows up he's like hey yo what's going on Where's yeah because the police i mean they're from like a small town yeah, yeah. they're like a farming community so the sheriff or whatever her name is she like calls him up and tells him to get there as soon as possible uh-huh and uh, she's like, this is the last time you're going to talk to your wife, basically. Yeah. They said pretty much as soon as we move the truck, she going to die. Mm-hmm. This is, she's literally crap. on life support via a Ford Focus. <laughs> like she, a, it was like a sedan. All right. Well, whatever. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> so it goes over. He talks to her. She says some uh, some last words. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are very confusing. Yeah. So it says pretty much because she was delirious at the time. But she said, here's what I want you to tell everyone else in our life. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is she says the word swing away. Yeah. Just keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah. After this, Mel Gibby, he's like, I fucking hate God. Friendship ended with God. Atheism is my new best friend now. <laughs> You've been unfriended, God. <laughs> <laughs> Took him out the top eight. He went to God went to like message Reverend Gibson. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Add friend? What do you mean? I thought we were already friends. I talked to him yesterday. Message can't send. Wait, no, 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 no. Oh, no. I've been blocked. Dog. <laughs> Just because I killed his wife? What the fuck? <laughs> I do that to so many people. So many people every single day. <laughs> they ain't wow. got no problem with it. I thought he was a real one. He's Honestly, not. that's so let funny. Me, let me. You know what? Let me go to his page. Motherfucker ain't even a reverend no more. Oh wow, that he was very even, fast. <laughs> you don't even believe in me. No. How dare he? I mean, it's a pretty it's a oh. pretty dark thing to happen to a person. To not only like have it to happen to like the love of your life. Yeah. But to witness her death. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough go. It's a and, tough hand to be dealt. And watch her fade. Yeah. And like it was it was and so sad. The randomness so sad. of it all. Yeah. Or was it? Dun, dun, dun. let me just get on to what mel gibby says because this whole movie he's pretty much saying god ain't here for us he fucked us he fucked this family um at one point he says he hates god he looks up at him and says i hate you you know looking like christensen intense (laughs) when he's asked by i believe the joker asked him If anyone is his character, (laughs) Meryl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People are going to be so confused (laughs) if they haven't seen this movie. Uh, I got to see this movie. Wait, Meryl? Is it Meryl or Merle? It's Meryl. Okay, well, he asks his brother, who is the reverend. (laughs) Was. Essentially, is God out there? Is Mm -hmm. he going to take care of us? 
And Mel Gibson hits him with the, there's no one out there watching out for us. Mm-hmm. Which I but think. But he did offer a little piece of mercy. He didn't oh, outright right. say that. Okay. But it definitely got me thinking about the movie Blood Diamond. Never seen it. Well, there's some hard-ass quote in it that I thought was fucking sick. And makes a lot of sense. It kind of goes along with, if we're going to delve a little deeper, which I guess this is what this podcast is for. Mm-hmm. Kind of goes along with my thinking about you know, gods and deities and all this stuff. And just how how could it possibly be that these so-called almighty beings care about us, but also allow so many atrocities to happen? Mm-hmm. Quick tangent and Blood Diamond, they're in South Africa. All these horrible things are happening to all these people. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio's in it. He plays a white South African. Don't know why I had to specify that, but I did. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. He's, he's not a blackface. To, he's talking to a guy. And he just goes on this story about this horrible thing that happened. I think he says it happened to a child. Jesus. And then he says, you know, I look around and I see all these horrible things happening to so many people, so many innocent people. And people ask me if God is still here. He says, first of all, if God is real, he left this place a long time ago. Mm-hmm. which I always saw as a kid because I saw this definitely when I was a teenager and it yeah. gave me like chills. I was like, hey, yo. Mm-hmm. Like that's real right there. For sure. People could justify it however they want. I don't see a way to justify allowing so many horrible things to happen no. to quote unquote innocent people, mm-hmm. especially like children, children and babies. So I can definitely sympathize with Mel Gibby in this one and mm-hmm. be like, I don't know if I could be able to do it after something so horrible happened to someone who I loved with all of my being. Mm-hmm. Pretty intense. Yeah. But then that brings along, as Kayla was alluding to, Mel Gibson, he kind of goes on to explain things a little bit. And the phrase, no coincidences, is definitely, I want to say, M. Night Shyamalan put that up on his corkboard mm-hmm. and said, how am I going to get the story <laughs> to line up with this message? Oh, yeah. We got the string and the, the pushpins, people. Yeah. And so, make us a web. Because there's, I want to say it's just at the halfway point of the movie. Yeah. Shit's going down. Very badly. Joaquin Phoenix is looking for answers. He's trying to find some way to rationalize what is happening. And Mel Gibson goes into this big speech. A soliloquy. Whether coincidences exist or whether everything is meant to be. Mm -hmm. Meryl asks his brother, he says, I know that you gave up God. Yeah. But what what do you think about this? Do you think, is is there somebody out there looking out Uh for us? And Mel Gibson in, you know, just to summarize, he essentially says there's like two schools of thought. There are two different kinds of people that are out there. There are people that see miracles and signs um, that point to a deity Uh of somebody or something greater out there looking out for them. And then there's the other group that sees just luck and coincidence. Uh They don't really prescribe or subscribe the thought of being special. Uh They just realize like, Oh, I got lucky that time. Yeah. They don't think of it as like, oh, I received this blessing because I'm a good person or uh-huh. something like that. And then at the end, 
Merrill, he's like, well, I'm definitely a miracles guy. Like uh-huh. I'm, I'm always looking for, <laughs> for not only, not only to say that, but he uses like the example. Yeah. Do you remember it? He hears this big, super like deep, beautiful and soliloquy, as you said, about faith and how some people can believe in gods and yeah, all that just stuff. Like humanity. Yeah. And then he's like, ah, I understand. It's like that time when I was going to make out with this girl at a party, but I didn't. And then like seconds after I almost made out with her, she threw up. Mm-hmm. So like if I was making out with her, that would have scarred me for life because she probably yep. would have thrown up in my mouth. So it's kind of like that, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, Ice-T, you nailed it. I mean, I guess, but also way to just make it the most. I think he's just trying to add some levity to this yeah. conversation. And there's some good comedy in the movie. There is. Yeah. But Meryl asks him, his brother, he's like, well, uh-huh. which one are you? And then Mel Gibson's character is just like, does it even matter? Yeah. Why, do, why are you going to make me say this out loud? Right. But he ends up saying that he's just a coincidence person. Yeah. He he just, he no longer believes that anybody is looking out for them. Right. But. It's all coincidence, he thinks. We get an M. Night Shyamalan jump scare because this ah! guy shows up in his own fucking movie. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> there he is. And it's hilarious because, yeah, he wrote himself to be the guy who kills his character's wife. But then he also mm. writes himself as the character who just like straight up figures out the weakness of the aliens. Yeah. Which I had completely forgotten that they like blatantly say, like, here's their weakness. Because mm-hmm. he's just like, oh, I looked around and they're not anywhere next to water. Guess they hate water. And you're like, well, how the hell does this guy know this? But he just like dips. And he's also like, oh, I trapped one in a closet. It's like, dog, I just saw these aliens fucking jumping like 20 feet. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Running faster than Usain Bolt could even dream to mm-hmm. run. But is locked behind a door? Yeah, these aliens <laughs> are a little weird. They are weird because it's like... Their limitations are, are interesting. Absolute athletes. But they can't bust down a door. No. I, I don't know. Their power uh, level, very sporadic. Mm-hmm. Maybe they got lucky and had a weak one. Maybe, maybe they just got the fucking like a uh, little beta. Uh huh. They called him a cuck. The other aliens called him a cuck. It's just get out there. Oh, loser. oh okay. I'll try. Shut up, guys. <laughs> a huge, a huge, <laughs> Jesus. A huge plot point that we must bring up is the cups of water. Absolutely, because it goes along with the coincidences mm-hmm. or not. Da-da-da. His daughter, very particular about her waters. She's so weird. She essentially takes a sip of water and is like, bow. nah, there's there's a hair in it. I ain't going to finish this. Yeah, or there, she like, it's weird because it's like, she doesn't even take a sip half the time. She drinks it like halfway down and she's like, hmm, yeah. doesn't taste right anymore. <laughs> yeah. It tastes old. Uh-huh. Like, what, are you, what do you what mean, you mean old? Girl? But God. she's got just waters hanging out around I would the hate house. having her in my classroom. And you're like, God, that's insane. But also makes me... Sort of feel like I'm at home because a lot of times I just have random cups just hanging. Oh, out you a room. beverage boy? There's all over. Oh, love them. I just love to have them on deck. Mm-hmm. And oh, I you just got always... like four different water cups in your bedroom right now, so you're prepared for this alien invasion. Oh, absolutely. And there you go. Where it plays into is the end where we find out. Uh oh, these fucking aliens. Water's poisonous to them. Yeah, it, like Why... burns their skin. Why the aliens came to Earth 
will never make sense to me. Yeah, I, I, we don't want to be that podcast that beats yeah. the dead horse that says the mm-hmm. same thing everyone says. But my God, y'all, could not have been any worse planning no. on the part of these aliens. It's a very water-filled do planet. Better. Absolutely. Literally, the nickname for our planet is the Blue Planet because <laughs> of how much water is. we have. And it's like, I don't know. They're like, it's probably gas. <laughs> It's probably that, uh, like blue dirt or something. Mm, blue dirt. That mm-hmm. sounds cool. That would be nice, huh? That'd very be pretty fancy. cool. Mm-hmm. Another very important plot point. God, Mel Gibson's kids are fucking weirdos. All right. Bo can't drink water without freaking out. Uh-huh. And then his son, who is the older of the two, yep. Morgan, he has asthma. Uh-huh. And he has like panic attacks and needs his inhaler. Yep. Also, I could, I'm just going to say, I know a few people with asthma. I feel like they do not hit inhalers as frequently as media likes to portray. Yeah, but I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't, it's media. They don't portray anything well. Dang, drag them. They're just like, oh, you know, he hits it every fucking five minutes like a fiend. Every time he gets nervous. Just, <laughs> do you know how expensive inhalers are? They're ridiculous. Where the coincidence is coming is that essentially the little girl left the waters out to solidify their ability to kill this alien. Mm-hmm. Where swing away, remember that? That the dead wife said? Swing right away. Swing away. She said, tell Meryl to swing away. And then he fucking walks in. Mel Gibby looks over, sees a baseball bat on the wall because uh, Meryl used to be a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Says, swing away. He grabs the fucking baseball bat, just tears into this alien again. What's the power level? Because this guy's just eating body um, shots he's the joker okay he's got that swing he's joker fight but this the moment. water hits this guy and he's fucking burning and they're like hey yo this the reason that my little girl had this water thing is so we would be solidified and ready for this alien mm-hmm. and the reason my son has asthma because when the alien uses poison gas on him his lungs will be closed so he won't inhale it Hooray! so he just fully starts to believe in the signs and just like Everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. M. Night Shyamalan must have had the fucking pen on oh, fire. Oh, yeah. He was this. writing. More on that later. It's spooky season. Spooky! And as we said earlier, this movie, for not being a quote-unquote horror film, mm-hmm. has some pretty strong horror scares in it. Kayla, I know you were yeah. feeling all of these because I was right next ah. to you and they were hitting. Ah! Tell me about the quote. Oh, goodness. That was me the whole movie. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and, and even if I... Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Real quick. But even that first time we see the alien on the roof... I didn't like it. Pretty fucking wild. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like the shadow people in my life. Right. Because it just... It reminds me of a comic that we saw. Can't remember the guy's name, but it's very funny. I'm sorry that I can't remember it. Um... It's a little girl who walks into the parents' room, the classic, like, I saw a monster. Can you come look? And then the parents are like, so? I don't want to see that? That sounds scary as hell. <laughs> Get mm-hmm. out I'm of not here. going. You deal uh-huh. with it. And that's just yeah. such a true thing, because it's like, if you freaked out, you think I want to see an alien right now? Not at all. I think I need no. this on my conscience. Why are you coming in here and telling me this? Mm-mm, mm-mm, right? Mm-mm. But it's oh, like, wait. also, ah, but you're the parent. <laughs> Let them know. You kind of got to confront those demons, fight these aliens. I think I could live with myself if I let my child <laughs> get got by an alien. I mean, because what are you going to do with an alien, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I have no you, chance. You expect me to find an alien? I'm not going to get probed. Right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, thank you. So we get that first. That's kind of like the first scare, I think. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, you can't even... It's just a shadow uh-huh. in a rough, like, humanoid shape yeah. on a roof. It's got to be the Wolfington Brothers. A roof. <laughs> hmm, Why are they so, so tall and muscular? I'm afraid. Yeah, that thing was big. But and they're like, oh, gosh, trying to describe it to the cops. They're like, well, we didn't really see it. <laughs> it's such like, a good oh, scene. my God. It yeah. is very funny. It's a good point of levity. So it's like you, you can't describe anything about them. Well, it was very dark. very good and the last funny thing about this part because they're running them around the joker talks to mel gibby and he's like we got to be loud we got to be aggressive because then they'll be scared and they'll leave and mel gibson's like well i don't cuss i don't do anything he says just think about something to say and he turns the corner he's running and he says (laughs) i'm insane with anger (laughs) Like, Very what? intimidating, though, Gibson. Thank uh, you. I'm afraid. Movie's got good comedy. It is pretty well written in that regard. It's pretty good. That So we see the humanoid on the roof. The I would say, like, the second scariest scene is Mel Gibson is, like, paranoid. A bunch of shit's gone down. Mm-hmm. And he essentially, like, follows a sound yeah. into the cornfield with a Ooh. flashlight by himself at night. Real good setup. Because it it does that thing kind of like the Vavitch. Yeah. You know, that fear of the forest, that fear of the unknown. You just see him look at the corn and it's just blowing in the wind. It's quiet. Mm -hmm. It's dark, but it's just so ominous. Yeah. Because it's the what on earth could be in this field right now. Well, that's the interesting. I think it's like it's such an interesting comparison because both in the woods and in cornfields, Uh you are blind. Yeah. If especially at night, you have no way of getting your bearings. Oh, absolutely. especially if the corn is high. Yeah. Um, which it was in this movie. And it's really interesting because, like, I think the time of day is also super important. Because if it was during the day, I feel like this may be a little less scary. Because sure. it's like, oh, a farmer in his field. Like, that's where he belongs. <laughs> oh, look at that racist. Oh. At night. <laughs> <laughs> But at night, it's so scary. And he just keeps hearing, like, these crackling, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, clicking sounds, which they had heard on the baby monitor, which has been picking up alien conversations since the invasion began. And he is freaked out. Uh And then he ends up, like, tripping, right? He trips and he falls down in, like, a a cornrow. Yeah, because he's walking by... And then he hears just his clicking, like, right to the left of him. So he turns, and he just freaks out. And as he turns, he, like, drops his light. Mm -hmm. And then while he's, like, looking down and he's trying to pick it up, we hear sounds just moving around in the corn. Mm -hmm. And then he, like, barely, you know, does the classic, hits it, turns it on, looks, and we just see, like, a fucking, almost the same color as the corn. Yeah. Leg just step right in. And the music oh. just swells and Mel Gibson selling it, just eyes wide, just oh what the fuck. And from yeah. that point on, he's a believer. Oh yeah. <laughs> These aliens are a thousand percent real. And he's gotta go into dad mode and protect uh, his family somehow. Yeah. You can't ignore this anymore. No, this is real. <laughs> right. 
Oh, it's so scary. Convinces him they're screwed. He goes in the house and is like, oh, son, uh, if aliens were real, <laughs> why would they be here? And I'm not saying they are. Uh-huh. And then the son is just like, well, they're probably here to kill us all. So that's perfect. Good. Love it. Fantastic. Earlier in the film. Yeah. They go into town. His son gets a book about aliens. Aliens. This alien book is pretty fucking creepy. Yeah. And it was definitely scary as shit to me as a kid because it's just so well shot. Mm-hmm. It's when Mel Gibby, he comes in, he asks him about the book. They're doing research. And there's a picture which is so crazy because it's just like a picture, but it's such a scary picture that it's like legitimately more effective than a lot of horror movies are in like a jump scare mm-hmm. at instilling fear right into your fucking spine yeah, and making you like, you know, get the goosebumps and all that. Because he's talking about how when aliens show up, they'll probably either like enslave all people or just straight up kill all people on the planet. Mm-hmm. suit their needs and it shows a flying saucer the classic thing like shooting like a beam at a house and lighting it on fire mm-hmm. and then as they're looking at the house you and the characters at the same time are like that looks exactly like their house <laughs> yeah and they're just freaking out and then you just see human corpses like, yeah. illustrated on the and grass then it it's goes like... a little bit lower oh, and it shows an obvious man adult body and two small child figures on the grass and you're like dog that's they're dead kids. they're <laughs> gonna know? die oh you're fucking spinning mm-hmm. and for me personally when they showed the picture of the classic gray a yeah. young eddie was like oh Yuck. my god Doug! if i saw one of these <laughs> in real life mm-hmm. think i'd just die right there well and i want to i want to get into your scared little brain why because i i don't <laughs> i think we've talked about it on the podcast before but huh? you used to suffer from sleep paralysis oh absolutely was the entity you saw ever similar to a gray or yeah. was it like just a oh god Ugh. yeah i had alien ones they were fun oh no was it like the one in this movie or was it a bigger head? Oh, no, it's definitely more like a classic gray gotcha. type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very weird. Very. I mean, creepy. these one, these aliens are definitely like grays. Yeah, but more they're not like, like tall whites or anything. And yeah. strong. Than it's kind of like a hybrid, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's not fun. You know, no. not only is sleep paralysis not fun in general because you're seeing a whole bunch of just creepy, generic creepy shit. Mm-hmm. But then once the sleep paralysis preys on your fears. Yeah. Because that's the fun part about, as people have pointed out, nightmares and all that shit is it's, it's essentially you scaring you, which is super cool. <laughs> uh-huh. Nobody so, knows you quite like you do. Right. Good stuff. Yeah, definitely saw aliens had the whole situation where like the alien was talking to me in my mind without like moving its mouth. No. And was saying, you know, what they Scary were going to do to me. Mm-hmm. Take me and this and that and you know you won't ever see this planet again and experimentation and all those just terrible like being ripped open and all that stuff so you know it's a fun time sounds sounds exciting sounds like something i never want to experience i'm so (laughs) definitely looking forward to uh never having that happen again in my life absolutely here's hoping here's to hoping 
Before we get to the scene, there's two more scares the that I thought were scene. very good. Yes. The pantry of the uh, aforementioned Ugh. M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like. Also, whose knife is scary enough to cast a reflection like that? It's a pretty good knife. It's a pristine mirrored knife. Uh-huh. That was insane. But also, I don't like their little hands. Uh-huh. Well, what happened with the hand? The hand. So after Mel Gibson's character talks to the vet, he's like, oh, I got it in the pantry. Don't go in there. Mel Gibson immediately goes in there. Um, <laughs> like a white man does. Like a white man do. And he doesn't go in directly, but he hears like the alien creaking around. He's like, gotta know. I gotta know what this thing looks like. Yeah, so he d- he does the walk away and then turns mm, around like, God, God, I gotta fucking it. see this. I've gotta look at it. And so he gets a knife from the kitchen or whatever. Yeah. And then he like sticks it underneath the door frame to like Michelle. see if he can get an angle on the alien. Uh-huh. Does he end up seeing it? I think I closed my eyes at this point. I think he... I don't think he does. I think he just captures maybe the glimpse of like a shoulder or something. Like yeah, I don't something. think it shows face or anything. No. But what does end up happening is that hand shoots out. Yeah. It just like, he like grabs his arm, right? No, it just shoots out. Right. It just shoots out and then he chops the fingers yeah. of the alien off. You just hear a yell. Uh-huh. And it's like, dude. Just break out of the pantry if you're that pissed. <laughs> and it's like the sound of both of them yelling, I think. Ah! <laughs> oh, shit! Ah! Yeah. There's no way I could survive an alien invasion. I think I'd just kill myself. Yeah. Because hey, I man. couldn't hang. Oh, God, no. We've got a nice little section devoted to that. You're right. And then, obviously, the final battle between uh, Meryl and this alien isn't creepy because it's just straight up an alien getting its ass beat by the Joker. <laughs> but before that... Um, when the aliens are still sneaking around, banging on the house. Oh, um, God. One of them sneaks in slightly through a coal chute. Yeah, because they live in like an old house with a basement. Uh huh. And, and we it, just see like yeah. a hand just dangling and then it. Yeah, it grabs, breaks the camouflage. Uh-huh. And just <laughs> grabs his kid. Poor Morgan. Scares. Got got. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. I would die. Oh, can you imagine something like that touching you? Oh, nice and gross and slimy and lovely. No, thank you. My small side note here is uh, much like the film Watchmen, we kind of need an alien invasion, a uniting force to bring all humans together. So, uh, I don't know. Just like a worldwide trauma bond. Yay! So maybe signs wouldn't be such a bad thing. (laughs) Um, Even though it was definitely a bad thing. Let's get to the scene. The scene. It's, the it's scene. behind. It's behind. This oh, one. My God. Oh, had me absolutely shook. It sticks with you. It's like the scene where if you've seen the movie and you have someone watching who has never seen it, you're like just looking at them the whole time, like, oh my God. They're gonna see gonna it. They're good. gonna see it. They're gonna see it. Uh-huh. Because we've got all these rumblings, all these weird things happening around the world. Fucking mm-hmm. lights and saucers actually being seen. Like it's fully out and the news is so unreal. And then the Joker just fully sips the flavor aid. He's fully <laughs> in on watching everything that's happening on the coverage. And he's watching late one night and they're like troubling footage from uh, I think it's either Brazil or Portugal. Yeah. 
Yeah. A place that speaks Portuguese. South America, yeah. And they say that they got one of these aliens on film. Oh. And it's a kid's fucking birthday party. And all of a sudden, the tone shifts. And it's just like a camera looking and a whole bunch of kids just freaking out, speaking Portuguese. Um, Joaquin Phoenix does his best to be funny. And he's like, get out of the way, kids. Dominos. I need to see. I (laughs) need to see the screen. And all the kids are like yelling and looking. And we see the camera looking just in a giant bush. And it's like, what the fuck is it looking at? What's happening? And thankfully, this kid from a foreign country knows how to speak English and translates for all of us. Because he's saying something in Portuguese, and then all of a sudden he's like, it's behind! And I'm just like, hey, shouts out to you. You knew exactly when to translate it to English for the English yeah. audiences. Good for you, kid. Honestly, like, super good writing, though. <laughs> like, it doesn't oh. make, it does not make logical sense. No. But for an English audience, uh-huh. it is so, like, it's such a twist. It, and it 100% right at the right like, moment. It's like you're you're oh. ready, you're freaking out, you're like, so I'm about to see something. But then hearing those words, it's behind, it kind of like almost Pavlov dog yeah. like sets you up for oh, the first time out. and for the future. Any other yeah. time you see this movie, because you're like, I'm about to see something. Mm-hmm. And then it's just the camera pans up and we just see an alleyway. And it's just so vivid in my mind. It's mm-hmm. like the fucking Bigfoot film. <laughs> like it honestly is you know? it's very similar because it's just as soon as you see that bigfoot classic film you know exactly what it is you know the stance and we see from the bush a fucking alien oh. steps out and it's the most otherworldly just oh. green gross thing it steps out just full view looking right at everyone and then in two steps is in and out and gone. Oh. And all the kids and everyone and the Joker, everyone is just like, oh, my God. He fucking rears back and just can't even make a noise. I would just like die. terrified. I think I would die from terror. As I describe it, and I think Joker had it in the film where his eyes were like watery. Yeah. Like you could see true fear. Mm-hmm. I can feel my eyes getting a little watery right now. Because so it's scary. like that real... Especially a young Eddie. When I saw that, I was legitimately like, oh, like my body had chills. Mm -hmm. And then they run it back and freeze frame it on the alien. Just give you a great shot. And like, yeah, it's 2002. But I think Mm -hmm. this shot looks fantastic. Oh, it's so scary. And it's actually interesting because I misremembered this scene. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that it they were watching it on a television in yeah, the yeah. United States. Uh-huh. My brain remembered it as Joaquin Phoenix and the family looking out their window oh, shit. and seeing it, which yeah. is scarier. Oh yeah. Because it's like imminent, but like, <laughs> yeah. I knew it was coming and it still scared uh-huh. me. I'm just like, fuck. I just got angry. I got like, <laughs> like, yeah. ah, like I, my, my body wanted to fight. But uh-huh. it froze. It's just such a well-directed, well-paced, just perfectly executed example of like how to build tension and build fear and mm-hmm. pay it off in essentially a jump scare. Yeah. It's just the textbook way to do it because it holds everything for the perfect amount. Mm-hmm. You get to see the thing, but it's like... It's so brief. I, it's so brief and it's also at a distance. 
Yeah. But where, because it's 2002, it's obviously, you know, it's not going to look 100% real. Yeah. But I think that it's, I just think the distance and the way they shot it, it, it looks convincing. Oh, absolutely. Like it's good. And you just see it for half a second. It's not attacking anyone. It's not doing anything. It's mere existence. Mm-hmm. Fills you with dread. So scary. Which is super good. Mm-hmm. Honestly, one of the best scares, I think, in my life I've seen on film. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's terrifying. And uh-huh. I think we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah. In a second, but it just goes straight into your lizard brain. Oh, and you are yeah. just like, ah, absolutely. Ah. That's my lizard brain sound. Yeah. Everyone knows good. it. Yep. It's the scene. Mm-hmm. It's the scene. You got to watch this movie. Please watch it. If you <laughs> want to get scared and yeah. feel like a cornered rat, uh-huh. watch this movie. I think you owe it to yourself because. It's just really well done. And if you're listening to this podcast up until this point and haven't seen it, go watch it so you can feel that terror that we're describing. Mm -hmm. So let's just take that and completely roll with it as we talk about the alien invasion. Yeah. How it starts and what this would be like in real life, because whether you believe it or not, Mm -hmm. we've had a lot of people who have said that they've experienced aliens. Soft disclosure. <laughs> and we have a lot of information about what happens to the body when you encounter such a being. <sighs> it's insane. Mm-hmm. We go back to the film. Early on, my man Mel Gibby, he leaves the kid to cook. Man Why? is cooking Morgan some is a child. Ass tier chicken. Mm-hmm. Very no dry. seasoning on that. It looks dry and he's still cooking it. Yep. We see Los Animales. They're acting very weird. The dog mm-hmm. gets real aggro. <laughs> Forces the kid to stab it to death. Ah, you almost killed my sister. Die right. via barbecue fork. Uh-huh. We see the man outside, which turns out to be an alien. All uh, those scares. Love that Uncle Joker goes fully into it. Uncle Joker. And love that Morgan, <laughs> the kid, he knows he's got to record this for future sake. Yeah, because they are looking at all of the saucer footage. Uh-huh. I was just going to say, shouts out to Morgan for having that brain that knows, oh, this is something that needs to be documented. Mm-hmm. Because this film, in-universe, everything's real. It's yeah. actually happening. Yeah. And just imagining this actually happening in real life, nope. you nope. almost can't imagine nope. Nope. what we would react like. No. But future generations would need to know mm-hmm. well that's the thing it's like how do you move on yeah from that point point post invasion i mean uh-huh. we know what happens in the film sure but like how do you go to work the next day <laughs> yeah like how, how, do, how do you, do you clock like, in hey joe remember when we all almost got obliterated yesterday right crazy right okay wild. Back to the grind. All these right, well, things aren't going to file themselves. <laughs> I'm going to go sit in this uh, cubicle and hit these keys for no reason now. I don't think humanity could recover. Within I think a, a whole within, lot would uh, change. Within a hundred years, probably. So much would change. So much would change. The priorities of humanity uh-huh. would be shaken for so many lifetimes. Oh, yeah. 
That's what I'm saying. It would be it would totally be that Watchmen premise where I think that the whole world would finally somehow unite mm-hmm. and say we have to look out for each other because aliens can show up and fucking kill all of us if we don't have each other's backs. Yeah, and I hope you know that's the positive spin on it. Uh huh. But there's also the negative spin of just nobody. Once that breaks the communal brain uh-huh. consciousness of the human race, yeah. do we just go full feral and become like our base selves from know. that point on? You know, then the aliens win. They already won, man. They already got in there. Hey. They came. So I want to take you on a trip here. Listeners, Are we going to Disneyland? No, it's much, much worse. Oh, <laughs> Disney it's, World. Ah, <laughs> Florida, absolutely. Florida, oh. I want to take you to a, uh, a universe where aliens actually 100% exist. And not only that, they are actively invading the planet Earth. Mm-mm. All the footage that you see, all these crop circles are real. All these lights in the sky are real. You're seeing actual real aliens on the streets of Brazil. You're hearing stories about people being abducted, people being taken, murdered. There would definitely be conspiracy theorists, but like once aliens are actually here, what the hell are you going to do? What are you going to say? Once you're getting freaking taken down by Blorp, you ain't got much to do. (laughs) And in this movie, they in fact say that they are harvesting people, which is horrific. Yeah. That's very scary. So I want you to try and imagine and don't be a big tough guy because you know you're lying. Mm-hmm. That you, uh, I don't know, maybe walk outside one day. It's a little late at night. Be like, oh, I got to put the trash out. If I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it in the morning. Let me just go throw it out there real quick. You know, yeah, is it 10 p.m.? Are we in advanced darkness for sure? Advanced darkness. But you do it every other week. This ain't nothing for you. You step outside, you turn the corner, and as soon as you look up, maybe from your phone, you see a fucking alien. No. Just staring at you, and you 100% know it sees you, it knows you're there. What do you do? I think I would die. I'll tell you what people (sighs) have actually said happened. Okay, tell us, tell us. Our options, dear. It's, I think it's terrifying. Yeah. Am I afraid of aliens? The concept of seeing an alien, absolutely. Because it's just such an otherworldly, unnatural thing. It's mm-hmm. like the impossible come to life, right? Absolutely. But what do you do when you're confronted with the impossible? Well, people who have said that they've seen aliens say the number one thing you do is just freeze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just get frozen in place and you stare at them and are you you are just filled with the most dread from head to toe that you've ever been filled with in your life and you just somehow revert to your animalistic ancient brain and all of a sudden you realize oh no i am prey in this mm-hmm. situation I am encountering a being that is above me. Yeah. 
Well, and that's, I think that's like a truly scary thing about the concept of aliens. It's like, uh-huh. sure, we're used to like seeing animal predators, like, yeah. you know, large snakes or uh-huh. big cats or things of that nature. Oh, sure. That's scary on a very base level. Yeah. But we know that. On in some scenarios, humans have been successful in defeating those creatures. Absolutely, that is and, and you not know what the it case. Is. Yeah, you know what it is. Uh-huh. That is not the case with these things. No, it is the opposite. Uh-huh. It is the instant knowledge that you are you have absolutely no chance of winning this. Yeah, it's like you're suddenly at your weakest, and you are at the whim, the yep. whim, the whims. Is it the whim or the whims? Now it doesn't even sound like a word to me. Okay. And let me try it <laughs> you again. You are at the mercy there you go. of And you are at the mercy of whatever predator. stands before you. Yeah. But it's just so creepy because I've heard so many of these accounts through so many of the videos that I watch. And people not only freeze, they freak out. They can't talk. They can't move. They can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they say they don't even cry or anything. They just they just can't react. Are frozen. Mm-hmm. Have no idea what to say. And then a lot of times, people are so shooken by this experience that they like. I don't know if we've talked about it. We may have, and I'm not going to get into the full story. Yeah, but there's a story about a man who encounters a man in black Ugh. who. Those are a lot of almost people, as bad as aliens. Yeah, I think are aliens. Extremely creepy. <sighs> but like when it was over, his family came back and it was like the middle of the night and he had every single light on in the house and was just like visibly shaken and he was not the same ever. But he like essentially was terrified for like a week after and like did not want the lights to come off ever. Mm-hmm. like it's just again i can feel water in my eyes right now just imagining seeing yeah. something like that mm-hmm. and that's why i think science is so effective is because it, it it gives you a taste of it yeah where you don't even know what you would do no not at all and what can you do i not a lot and another thing that you know we've heard from the accounts that we've listened to and done research on is the <sighs> The loss of time aspect. Oh, and that it's makes so sense. creepy. It's so scary. But that also makes sense from that like animalistic brain thing. Uh-huh. Your brain fractures in yeah. that moment. There's no way you can comprehend anything uh-huh. because your entire knowledge of reality is destroyed uh-huh. after that. Oh, yeah. There's been... And it makes me so sad for people who claim to have gone through this uh-huh. or have experienced so much trauma that. Oh, it's the worst. This is the only explanation. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Very sad and very scary. It's essentially you leave your friend's house. You live 30 minutes away. You're driving at night. Mm -hmm. You do it every other weekend. What should take you 30 minutes, suddenly you pull up to your house and everyone's like, what happened? Why didn't you talk to us? Well, what's going on? Are you okay? And you're like, what? I just drove 30 minutes. It's fine. And they're like, no, like that was two days ago. Mm-hmm. Where have you been? What yeah. happened? How, how do you explain it? There's no explanation. No. To you, it was 30 minutes. It yep. was the drive over. 
aliens, aliens. <laughs> can really mess with you. So scary. I want to take it a step further. Push it. Push because the Because there's a theory that I heard. Oh, God. About. Am I going to sleep tonight? I, I think you'll be fine. Okay, cool. Continue. Because it's, it's just a theory about, you know, in this film, we see an alien form. And it's kind of classically what people have described aliens to look like. Yeah. Sort of humanoid, greenish, the classic gray. If you don't know what it is, you can just Google like gray alien and it'll be the classic almost upside down triangle face, big eyes, gray skin, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why have so many people who have seen aliens describe them the same? Because Could- a lot of those, sorry, not to interject, but a lot of those accounts came before that was actually like uh-huh. the normalized right. and cla- quote unquote classic depiction of aliens. Uh huh. Yeah, because you wonder, well, or you say it's got to be because they've seen it in media. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, if you go and look at more of the ancient alien theory and all the things that ancient people used to describe as otherworldly as aliens and they kind of fit the mold of aliens Mm -hmm. but kind of don't essentially a theory has arisen that says the reason that we all sort of perceive these aliens as the things that media portrays them as is that we as a human race cannot even fathom what an alien would look like that we can't even visually actually see what they are we instead go into our animal brain and make the alien look like something that we can perceive Mm. so it's like aliens may not even actually look like this yeah but because we've just been sort of conditioned to think that's what an alien looks like if we ever encounter an alien we're like mind broken and it just sort of fills the form of what we expect it to be because our minds can't even make sense of what this thing could be. Yikes. It's like a scarier version of the color purple. Excuse me? The color purple is like not real. Okay, don't give me this right now. It right? doesn't. It's not real. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, like our eyes can't perceive that color because that color doesn't actually exist. Uh-huh. Because we are we have limited cones in our eyes. For sure. So when we see purple our brain is just like putting together our red and blue cones to like kind of give us an idea of Uh what that may be yikes that's technically not even quote-unquote real right yo damn yo yeah i mean it's like that i guess it's like that right yeah and it also explains goes a long way to explain why ancient people if they saw monsters or Mm -hmm. gods that they describe them as things that they could understand it's because that's what their perception of reality could make sense of Mm -hmm. because seeing this otherworldly being they could not even actually perceive what it really looks like no so they instead said oh it's this god that we've heard of or oh it's this monster that we've been telling stories about Mm mm-hmm I think it's a pretty wild theory. Oh, yeah. But I think it does sort of make sense. Mm-hmm. It, it explains a lot of 
Well, and it gets into that the concept of the collective unconscious, right? Yeah, uh-huh, exactly. And the power that that has. Right. And once something is in like our nomenclature and our, you know, our knowledge as a human, uh-huh. it's kind of hard to turn that off. Oh, yeah. And if anything, and I don't know if alien sightings or experiences have increased or pretty much plateaued or you know sure. diminished over the past 20 years uh-huh. or so. But I do think that it's probably helpful yeah. to have those images in our pop culture. Yeah. Because for people that go through this, at least they kind of know what they're looking at <laughs> right. or their brain can project a somewhat familiar image onto it. Yeah. And it may be a little less traumatizing. So maybe you could survive <laughs> a little bit easier. Yeah, maybe. There's a positive spin on that. I'm trying to remember, and I feel like alien sightings have gone up slightly lately. Well, I know that, like, um, UAPs. Yeah. Yeah, UAPs have definitely increased, uh-huh. or at least the disclosure of them. Right. Has and gone we up. had the quote-unquote soft disclosure, mm-hmm. which... Kind of it is what it is, but you kind of at the base level is pretty wild. Yeah, that they would be like, no, we've seen some stuff. Yeah, we've seen some things that we can't explain. That's it's not on comforting. official documents. Uh... Yeah, whether whether it is aliens or whether it is just some secret thing that the United States doesn't know about, but another <laughs> country does. Yeah, that's still a little troubling. Very scary. Yeah, but you know what? What is not troubling what is how good this movie is and how much m night Shyamalan put his back into this movie m night Shyamalan was 100 percent in his bag on this one killed it man was writing with pure flames mm-hmm. when he was writing this down because everything that this man sets up at the beginning everything that he gives you little hints about mm-hmm. it all pays off Oh, yeah. Once again, picture him writing no coincidences at the top of the page Mm -hmm. and just connecting all of these threads to that main point. Yeah. Because he achieves it. Mm -hmm. We see this man's loss of faith and why that happened. We get the words of his wife. We get his brother, who's a baseball player, who always, always swung at everything. Mm -hmm. We get his son who has asthma but but is also very curious we get his daughter who is Is weird about water (laughs) yeah we get the vet who killed his wife but who like figured out what was going on Mm -hmm. aliens don't like water right goodbye (laughs) yeah and then him encountering the alien in the closet gives him information about like what they can and can't do, like they can't mm-hmm. break down doors. They hear all these things on the TV that explain things to them. Like we even mm-hmm. see like the crop circle. Oh, they only do that next to areas that they're going to appear at. Mm-hmm. Like they always appear within a mile of that crop circle. So then they're like, wow, there's one right next to us. They're going to be here. Yeah. I don't know. He, It's, it's insane to think. Mm-hmm. That this man is the same man who has written so many, just really, from my perspective, a man who's never made a movie and has never written a movie or anything, but just so many stories that seem to fall apart that are not good. And destroy a beloved franchise that we already covered. (laughs) 
I mean, that Talking one about is Avatar. egregious. Ugh. Yeah, but just looking at that, like, that is a horrible screenplay, a horrible adaptation. How did it come from the same guy who, I want to say, made a really fucking good film? Crushed it. I don't know. I don't know. But he did great with this one. He did. Let's focus on the positive. He did. And he did great with The Sixth Sense. I feel like the movie uh, Devil I liked a lot. Never seen it. I refuse to watch Sixth Sense. Why? Scared me. Oh, wow. Well, Uh, we got to do it. My brother and my mom (laughs) used to watch it. That was like their movie. Oh, that movie used to freak me out, too. They watched that movie all the time. That was the same that I couldn't watch as a kid. Oh, uh, I don't. The opening scene of that movie is terrifying. Oh, the I can sense? barely get through that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that, the most that like emaciated guy in his underwear. It's too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't that's like a guy. It. I think that's Daryl from The Walking Dead. I think that's really? the same guy. Or oh. or it might be like Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can't remember. We're throwing but... we're throwing out a lot of misinformation. I think right now. This, po- <laughs> this podcast is not about. The Sixth Sense. This is about science, but yes. the point is, M. Night Shyamalan was really in his bag early on. He's a, he was a little lost, but I think nowadays some of his films are doing okay. There you go. Haven't that was seen... the most like passive, like non-opinion statement you could muster, and I hey, love you it. know I love this film. <laughs> hey, that's all you need to love because that's why we're doing an episode on it. Exactly. Hey, he'll always have signs in my heart, and he'll always have a place in my brain carved out. Yep. For some of the scenes Fear. in this film. Fear. Oh, yeah. I think we've talked enough about aliens. I think we did it. I think I'm going to sleep tonight, hopefully. I could 100% talk so much more about aliens and how and weird we can this shit is. After we stop recording. But we'll do <laughs> that later, maybe in another alien themed episode. We'll see what happens. For now, it's time to see where we stand with signs 20 years later. Well, that's right, folks. It's time to define the relationship. You first. How you feel about signs in 2022, even though it's weird for you because you also just saw this movie a week ago. Thank you for (laughs) providing that concise context. I appreciate it. Uh I don't think it's fair for me to say that I am show dependent on this. I just don't think it's earned the title for me. Uh-huh. But it definitely possesses a very intense memory. Uh-huh. Granted, that memory is falsified. Like oh. how I remember that is not how it is in the movie. Yeah, but you but essentially it still remember it. Scares the life out of me. For sure. Just like oh, scary. Uh-huh. So in the sense, within the context of horror and memories i have associated with being scared sure this is easily up there in the top five nice wow of moments in film and media that shook me to my core so i will give that two signs i'm not sure dependent on it i think it's a really good story Mm -hmm. i do like the kind of circular narrative we get with the loss and regaining of faith yeah i think that's a fun little uh, plot device it's uh-huh. also kind of sweet it's a nice little feel-good moment yeah. at the end getting it's nice it is it's yeah. kind of like i want to be bitter but it's like oh you know well yeah we, we we talk and we disparage religion a lot on the yeah. podcast because you know i really 
I don't want to sound too extreme, but I just I think religion is the root of a lot of, if not most of the problems that society mm-hmm. has. Yes. But I always also say that the positive things that it can do for people, I 100% admire as long as they can keep it to themselves and not mm-hmm. force it upon other people to bring back more hate into the world. For sure. But as much as I dislike it for myself personally, like you said, it is very sweet at the end. It's like, he's back, baby. He did it. He did it. And he, he, you know, he, he found Christian something to believe Mojo in. Again. Yeah, he, he believes in something again and he's moved on, which is nice. Yeah. Good for him. Happy he found that. And yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I think it aged very well. Sure. What about you, Eddie? What's your relationship? Similar to you, I don't know if I can say I'm fully show dependent on this, but also by the same token, I think it would be hard for me to say that this is not kind of one of my favorite movies of all time. Like if I made a top 100 list, it might be like in the 90 through 100 spot. Mm -hmm. I really do think this movie, even though I don't feel I'm show dependent upon it. Yeah. I think that it is... It's one of the best movies I've seen. It's very iconic. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of iconic, not only in popular media, but in my life. Mm -hmm. Like when I say that that scene, the alien appearance scene is burned into my brain, I 100% mean it. Yeah. It was something that affected me so just to my core as a young Eddie that like I'll never forget that scene. Uh Uh-uh. And every time I see science, which is not often at all, but through rewatching it for the podcast, I was just blown away by how good the writing is, how good the acting is. Again, I'm not really into religion, but I found Mel Gibson's explanation of signs versus coincidences to be a really good way to explain why people have faith and why mm-hmm. they choose to believe in a God. I... I want to say it is just that. This is one of the best movies I've seen in my life, but it's not necessarily a movie I have to see every year. Yeah. And I kind of prefer to keep it that way. Yeah. It's kind of like a really rich dessert or something like that. It's like you want to space it out. It's a Uh once in a while treat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you give yourself the time for your like palate to, you know, uh-huh. go without that for a while and then just boom and then you're like wow you're like yo this is sick and then oh there's that scene that freaks me out there it is i pooped my pants a little bit yeah so i think the way you described it is perfect way to think about it this is sort of like that reward it's a flavor you, bomb you owe it to yourself to forget about how good it is mm-hmm. to let it sit Dust it off in 20 years, take a watch and say, damn, why don't I watch this movie more? God, this is so good. I just and had the realization you... for 20 years from now would be 2042. Oh, that's not a real year. That's almost time for a uh, Blade Runner to show up again. Heck yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll get there. My God. Isn't that going to be something? We're going to live, hopefully. I mean, if we live that long. Hey, if the planet makes it that long. If we, if the planet makes it that long, if we make it that long, we will get to live to Blade Runner year. Show dependent 2049. 
<laughs> oh God, we're doing this in another 40 years. I don't. <laughs> hey, hey. Don't I do don't that. know what. We're going to be around. I'll have the stamina. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Put my brain right. in a robot. I'll be able to do it. So there's that. I look forward to watching this movie again in maybe not 20, maybe five to 10 years. And there you go. realizing, wow, this is a really good movie. Mm-hmm. And M. Night Shyamalan, you got it, man. You Hopefully you, you still it. got this in you. Because this film, to me, I'm not one of these people that uh, sort of catches all metaphors and everything, (laughs) the higher messages of films. Mm -hmm. But to me, a simple man, I think this is an almost perfectly written film. There you go. Take it or leave it. It's time to move on. We work so hard. (laughs) From our DTR and enter into our farewell section. Bye. Everyone out there, <laughs> one big thank you thank for you. listening. If you liked what you heard, please do us a favor. Click that follow button. Download this episode and the past ones. Most importantly, spread the word. Go get your little planks, tie them to some wood, and ride out in a fucking cornfield. The words follow at show dependent pod. On Apple Pods, Spotify, Google Pods, wherever you listen to podcasts, we'll be there. You can also give us a follow on Twitter, on Instagram. It is at Show Dependent Pod. Once again, at SHO Dependent Pod. If you'd like to follow myself and probably find out more about my fears in the coming weeks as we really get deep into spooky season, deeper, give me a follow at Victor V Sweet on Twitter, on Twitch. My love, mm-hmm. where can you be found? You can find me collecting all those glasses that somebody left around. <laughs> dumping out that extra water. Because what are you doing? I didn't but like you... it. Yeah, I know. Had amoebas. <laughs> Tasted old. Oh, God. <laughs> you can also find me on Twitter at DJVavitch. On the next episode of the Show Dependent Podcast, we... We'll be venturing in to the spookiest land of all, Halloween Town. That's right, folks. We're going to Halloween Town, a place almost as scary, definitely more confusing Mm -hmm. than the world that exists within science because you thought seeing an actual alien was creepy? Imagine seeing an actual walking Civil War soldier (laughs) because this movie is confusing. Oh, my God. Wow. You're really selling this one, dear. I mean, we'll talk about that. Oh, we will. And so much more on the next episode of the Show Dependent Podcast. Nice. Everybody in this family just needs to calm down and eat some fruit or something. 